This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 184, Comic Talk, DC Marvel solicitations for October 2014. This is the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 184. It's our uh, DC Marvel Solicitations episode for October 2014. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, before we get into the episode today, we're going to be welcoming back um, a guest, AJ Reese, who's been uh, a guest of the show in the past and uh, also a big fan of the show. And uh, so we were able to uh, get him on to the episode once again to do a solicits episode. So it's a good episode. Um, just looking forward to the future. Uh, episode 186, I think... Well, uh, I'm actually going to be postponing our Spotlight or Comic Talk episode about uh, Dan Slott's She-Hulk. Um, I, I am in the middle of doing kind of my read-through, my reread of that uh, of that series, and I wanted to be done it before I actually did an episode, so I'm going to have to postpone that for a little while. Uh, but episode 186 is either going to be um, a flashback episode looking at, appropriately enough, Marvel's flashback month of, I believe, 1997, uh, it's either going to be that or a flashback to uh, DC's One Year Later, uh, which was, I believe, from 2006. Um, so one of those episodes will be up for episode 186, uh, coming up in a few days, uh, later on this week. And then episode 188, uh, tentatively, I think, is going to be our Guardians of the Galaxy focus uh, for the movie. Uh, after that, I'm uh, not really sure what we're going to do for episode 190. It might be the next Comic Talk episode. So if I don't do One Year Later or Flashback, it'll be that episode. Um, and then moving forward from there, we've got a Ninja Turtles movie episode coming up. Uh, I might be doing a special episode for the two-year anniversary of the podcast. Uh, we also have the 200th episode coming up. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. So there's a lot of fun stuff coming up soon. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into the episode where AJ Reese joins me to discuss the solicits for DC and Marvel in October 2014. So first up, when we take a look at uh, DC for, uh, I guess what, October 2014, we have uh, Earth 2 World's End, the third weekly series from DC Comics is debuting. Are you going to be looking at this at all, or...? Well, considering I'm not reading Earth 2, period, I doubt I'm in for a weekly series based on the same characters. I, I guess if you're into Earth 2, more power to you, but uh, not, I, not for me. I really would recommend that you go back at some point and pick up the trades for Earth 2. It's been an enjoyable book. The, the little bit I've dipped into it, it looks fun. I mean, I, I like my Dr. Fate and all those other guys. I hate the fact that they're just kind of isolated over to Earth 2 right now. but For now? For now, yeah, but... I'm up for it. It's just I'm I'm certainly not up for a weekly series. There are other things I would be buying first, other than this. But yeah, I don't see the point of it, especially because we already have Future's End, which takes place after this. <laughs> well, and Earth Two continues monthly. It's not like they set aside the monthly series. It stacks on top of this. So yeah, and that seems like a weird kind of mistake. Because I mean, if I'm, I guess, I guess theoretically, if you're reading Earth Two, you're going to read the weekly. It just seems like. It's very uh, unnecessary that someone who's buying, enjoying their buying their one book a month, is suddenly going to have to buy five. Five, yeah. And is is that audience that big to justify this? I guess DC thinks it is. Although I do appreciate at least that, and I don't think this is the case with the other weeklies, but the uh, all the issues are two ninety nine. Right, right. So I mean, it's still an additional twelve dollars, but it's it's better than being an additional twenty dollars, or whatever. Sorry, sixteen dollars. Yeah, I do I, like, uh, before we get into it too, I like all the Halloween variant covers that they're doing October, DC's doing. Yeah, I, that at least is better uh, than uh, the selfie month that's coming up. Yeah. That's yeah, so absolutely. stupid, like, yeah. I just, can you possibly, can they, they already did the WTF before, 
now they're doing this. They're just like jumping. Like, what's next? Is it going to be like a, a Harlem Shake cover? Like, you know, like just just do the next big thing, the next fad. Like, are they all going to be dancing? Is it a flash mob on each cover? Don't suggest it. They'll do it. Well, to be honest, I think they'd pr- prefer the characters dancing in a mob than selfies. Well, well, yeah, but that's kind of getting away from the point a little bit. I just like the October Halloween themed kind of demon. Death and Decay, just random, you know, Halloween scary issue cover issue stuff. Looks fun to me. No, it, it is fun, and it's it's kind of nice that they're doing that. Again, that's a theme I can get behind because it's it makes sense, and it's I mean it's 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 not that it's topical, it's seasonal, and everyone exactly. knows Halloween. Exactly. And right. and I don't think anyone's really like fuck Halloween. I hate it so much. <laughs> like I I may not like dressing up that much, but I, I'm not, I'm never gonna be like I fucking hate Halloween. Whereas well, people will be like I fucking hate selfies and all this other bullshit. I feel like Halloween's especially associated with kind of the comic book crowd because what other day can you justify dressing up other than you know the eventual uh, occasional convention and whatnot? So Halloween kind of goes hand in hand with comic book fans, I think. So absolutely. Uh, then we have uh, the Multiversity, the Just. Are you buying any? Are you gonna buy a Multiversity? I'm gonna check it out. I don't know that I'm in for the whole ride. Grant Grant can either tell a fun story, tell a cool story, or just tell a you know acid fever dream. So we'll see which one this comes out to be. But I'm I'm intrigued to check it out at least. Yeah, I, I'm very hopeful. Although um, I'm not a big fan of Ben Oliver on artwork, so that's not as interested. But I am interested to see what he has because theoretically this should be the one project Grant Morrison wants to be awesome more than anything else. <laughs> Agreed, absolutely. Like, he's been working on it long enough, and it's everything he loves about comics and the craziness that hopefully it's just it's a fun ride and not trying to be too heady. Like just, sometimes he just tries so hard to drive home a point or to be too weird. I just want him to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, my counterpoint to that is, you know, Bendis was working on Age of Ultron for a good number of years, too, wasn't he? And then that came along, and that was kind of a total disappointment. So it was a giant turd. Yeah, so we'll see if Multiversity is all that he's been working towards i think i don't know okay this is maybe unfair but i feel like uh grant morrison working on something for many years i am i believe it more and i trust it more what it will look like than bendis working on something for many years i don't know why and i also feel like this may be a little bit better because it is since it is a multiversity story then it can take place outside of continuity and therefore it's not like with age of ultron where they kind of had to shoehorn it in to be part of mainstream continuity it just it happened and yeah, maybe maybe this is a little bit more standalone. He can have a little bit more freedom to tell the story he actually wants to tell and not interrupt everything, every other book for it. Exactly. Uh, after that, we have, I guess, what, the first of five new number one issues, I think, for the month? Right. Uh, so we got Arkham Manor, uh, Jerry Dugan writing it. I don't know where th- what this is going to be like. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass on this one. If I hear it's good, I'll try and catch back up, but it's, it's not necessarily for me. I don't even understand the... Co- like, why... Why would why would Bruce Wayne make his house the new like Arkham Asylum right on top of the Batcave? I think from what I've heard from a few other sources, it gets taken from him or like claimed by the state or something. It gets turned into it for some reason. He gives the mansion up for something because of some plot twist. Okay, well that's got to be one hell of a plot twist. I don't think I'm really that interested in this either. Um, I don't even think. I mean, even if it was just an Arkham Asylum book, I wouldn't necessarily be interested. And this premise leaves a little bit to be desired for me, and I just don't think it makes sense. Agreed. Agreed. Like, how does how does a billionaire have to give away give up his house so they can be used to house psychotics? Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. But it, it doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. No. Uh, then we have Gotham Academy. 
if this one turns out a little bit more like Avengers Academy, which I think seems to be what they're going for with the you know youthful movement and young characters, I could be up for it if it's fun. Um, Becky Cloonan's done some stuff I really like, some stuff I was a little more lukewarm on. So you know, just turns out to you just have to wait and see what it turns out to be. Yeah, because I, I I don't think anyone knows what this is. <laughs> like you no. re- you can read the solicits, but it really doesn't. Like, how is this even going to work? Like, it doesn't even seem to fit into their publishing plan. Like, you're going to have a school in Gotham. What kind of team book is that? But on the on the flip side of that, I'm not opposed to something that doesn't fit into their publishing plan. I think there's always room for that, and it's good to see them kind of branch out and take a chance on something that's not as what is right below it, Deathstroke number one. You know, just another mainline title book True. that's already been tried. So I'm happy to see something new, and at least they're going out on a limb to do that. So. No, I, you know, I, I agree with you there. It is nice to see them trying new things. It's just sometimes the new things they decide to try are weird, but sometimes that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Demon Knights is a good book that shouldn't have worked, and that was actually pretty entertaining for the for, for the what year and a half it was around. Agreed, absolutely. And that's a, yeah, that's a book that everyone would have been like, "Why are you even publishing this? this? Doesn't seem to fit into anything." It it has some recognizable characters, but it's an odd choice. So, although this has no recognizable characters so far. Yeah, not yet. I, I imagine we'll see somebody drop into it soon, even if it's one of the like third, fourth string Batman characters dropping in. Although it sounds like Bruce Wayne might be there as the, kind of on the periphery. Yeah, because that guy's got uh, time to drop by random prep academies. Well, we don't really see him doing much during the day. That's true, too. That's true, yeah. Like, I mean, he can't sleep all day. <laughs> he has to pretend to be Bruce Wayne a little bit. Uh, Just stop by a prep school. Yep. Exactly. Well, you know, that that sounds about right. Okay. Uh, then we have Deathstroke. Um, the only reason I'm even considering giving this a shot is I really like Tony Daniels' artwork. And that's about yeah, it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick it up the first time or two it was done. I probably won't pick it up the third. It's just not a character that I'm that drawn to. So. No. I'm, he can kind of, he's very hit or miss. Um, we'll see. I mean, it could be great. I'll probably pick up the first issue or two. And then I'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Tony Daniel isn't doesn't have the greatest track record as a writer, but his artwork I enjoy. Deathstroke is a character that can go either way, so I mean it remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, then we have Clarion again. I appreciate that they're trying something different. Where is what does Clarion come out of? They say it's his new Fifty Two debut, but I'm not exactly familiar with his first incarnation. Or uh, Clarion the Witch Boy. I you know I don't even know much about him. He's a force of chaos. Um, I know he's been in, like, the Young Justice cartoon. Like, he, he's been around. Okay. People know him. He's got, like, a monkey on his shoulder or something. Was he... I do seem to remember an animated episode of him, but I can't remember what all's going on. But he looks familiar. I think he was a villain in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe yeah. not necessarily a villain, but an antagonist. Sure, yeah. Uh, Let's see what they, make, what they do with it. Yeah, know. but at least it's something different. And Nascenti, I mean... I don't haven't heard a lot of good things about her Catwoman, but you know what? Why not? I mean, Clarion is a character that most people don't really know much about or care much about, so this is a good opportunity for a writer, a veteran well, writer, to give a shot. It, yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and I'll say too, you notice all their number ones are two ninety nine, so you feel a little bit better about taking a chance than a lot of the Marvel number ones where you got to jump in at a three ninety nine price point. So I am inclined a little bit more to pick up something based on that dollar. True, although I do like that with Marvel's three ninety nine books, you get the um, complimentary digital code. Yeah, and see, I don't usually use those too much. I don't read a lot of digital, so for me, it just seems to be a dollar more. But yeah, if you are a big digital fan, I can I can justify the dollar, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a huge digital fan, but now that I have an iPad, I'm like, yes, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. those free issues. 
Uh, then we have uh, Lobo. Again, I I don't know if anyone cares about Lobo. I'm not going to go on too much of a tangent on this. I like what Cullen's doing in Sinestro. I heard his Magneto stuff's pretty good. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think anybody's asking for Lobo. Certainly not this new streamlined, almost far too suave and debonair Lobo. Um, but of, of all the... Of all the stuff I get tired of hearing about comics and video games and violence and kids and all that, because um, I think a lot of it's just nonsense, if you read the description, uh, the all-new Lobo brings the ultra-violence to his new ongoing series. If the first few blood-soaked pages of this issue don't shock you, dash, nothing will, exclamation point. Is that, I mean, do we really need a book that literally is sold on its first issue on ultra-violence and blood-soaked pages? I know that's Lobo's kind of main shtick, but... Can you do nothing else with him? Why, why even have a number one if it's just going to be more murderous Lobo? And you've done a revamp on the character, and yet still, it's this exact same story of just ultra-violence. You even use the word ultra-violence. I, I don't understand the point or where they're headed with this. My only thing there, and this is with solicits in general, is because I'm always curious, like, who exactly is really writing these? Um, because obviously it really... It's it's not giving Colin Bunn any credit at all. Like it, no. it makes it sound like kind of a, a mindless, violent book. And I'm sure Colin Bunn has a lot more to offer Lobo than this. Agreed. Um, but it's unfortunate that you're right that they're they're selling it on violence and blood, which is kind of what we should tr- maybe not be trying to do. I mean, why can't we just have a good, solid story that doesn't need to be that violent? Absolutely agreed. Uh, it's also weird that they, you know, they if they're going to make it that ultra violent, it's not a, it's not uh, flagged for mature readers. You know, it just seems odd yeah. that this is a book that, like, based on the cover, it doesn't look well. I guess it is pretty violent. There's a decapitated head on the cover, and it's rated T plus. And um, you know, like, I just, I don't know. I, it seems like a mixed message there. And of all the of all the complaints, I could see this one actually being sort of justified just just from the solicit alone of why why is this the path they chose to take with this book, or why make this book if this is all it's going to be? Yeah. So, uh, then we have Trinity of Sin. No, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Trinity of Sin number one. So they're finally giving them their own series uh, by J.M. DeMatteis. I I just don't care. I haven't followed Pandora or Phantom Stranger. I I can't possibly care any less. No, I don't. I don't read their individual series. I liked the old question personally better. I did read the first or two issues of that. And I just I like the old question so much more. Um, but you know that was my question, and this is a question for a new group. So I, I can appreciate them revamping characters. But yeah, no, it's it's not for me. If, if you're a fan of Trinity, jump on in this book. Are the individual books coming to a conclusion and all tying into this one? Is that the idea? I think that's what's happened, and I guess as we go along, we'll find out if we see them in the solicits or not. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that they're not around. I think they did. I think the last time I did one of these episodes, I was talking about their last issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the one nice part is that, I mean, if you were buying Phantom Stranger and Pandora, now you just have to buy one book. <laughs> yeah, well, and they f- made uh, Pandora seem to be such a pivotal, like, dimension altering, world changing character in Flashpoint, and I have yet to really see her do a whole lot other than introduce her, you know, Pandora's box or whatnot, and start all those issues from the the crossover events but other than that the character herself hasn't seemed to be that pivotal outside of her own little book so absolutely yeah anyway uh, then we've got uh, green arrow which i guess is has a new writing team so i guess lemire is done and now we have um writers straight from the tv show and that's andrew kreisberg and ben sokolowski um i haven't been reading green arrow since i think the first issue i probably won't bother 
I won't either. Um, I don't have a problem with them bringing in the writers, though, honestly. The TV show's been doing pretty good, especially the latter part of season two. And, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. If, if, if the TV show is bringing people to the book, then you would want you know a little bit of uh, cross cross-pollination there of your writing staff so that they can be familiar with the book and kind of be like oh this this seems like what i was reading on you know or watching on tv um that being said i'm not a big green arrow fan so maybe tried and true fans are a little bit more upset that they're i don't know quote unquote diluting it by making it more like the show um but for for a guy who isn't beholden to green arrow historically i don't really have a problem with it seems interesting don't know that it's for me but you know if it does bring more people in then good for it absolutely i mean i haven't I, I like the pre-new 52 version of Green Arrow because I like the older the older Green Arrow with the beard yeah. and he's just I I I've heard a lot of good things about Jeff Lemire's version of him but again I just him being this younger version of Green Arrow it doesn't really interest me as much I like him being a, kind of an elder not elder because he's not old but he's definitely an older feeling hero especially well, compared to the, the ALA and everything so yeah you did get that more senior experienced he's made mistakes type character out of the out of that version of it. And now we just got a young guy still making mistakes. Right, right. Uh, then we've got New Suicide Squad number three. I wasn't a huge fan of issue number one, but we'll see where it goes. Anything with Joker's daughter, I take a pass. Yeah, because she's a ridiculous character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have Teen Titans three. I don't, I don't really, I, I, I guess they followed the Marvel kind of pattern that you don't need to end a book, but you might as well if you're have a new creative team, you might as well just relaunch it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna pick this up by the time it gets to number three, but I am interested just to read the first few and see where they're going with it. I've never been the biggest Teen Titans fan, but I'm still interested in that little corner of the universe. So if it's a good writing style, good writing team, you know, art and everything, I might carry with it for a while. Again, it's Teen Titans. It's what has at times been a very, very important and, I I want to say headlining book, like when Jeff Johns was writing it and whatnot, and it's still only two ninety nine. So I don't mind jumping in to see what's going on for two ninety nine an issue. If it's not for me, I'll jump back out after three issues and you know not feel like I've spent a whole lot of money. But I'm intrigued by it. I don't know that I'm totally sold, but I'm definitely intrigued. Underneath that, we have I guess five issues of the New Fifty Two Futures End. Um, of all the well, since so far only two weeklies have actually debuted, I have this is my least favorite. Um, I have a feeling it'll continue along that path. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't been reading them. It's too many weeklies for me right now. I'll wait until it's all said and done and see if I can pick them up for cheap. But yeah, I feel like that won't be hard to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, three three weekly issues going at one time. One of them's not going to be that great. And there's just it's too much to collect and to get you know 17 issues into each of them and then decide and you spend a ton of money. So. I'm waiting on all of these to see see which one comes out to be the best, as I did with uh, 52, and then pick it up in the aftermarket. I can tell you right now, it is Batman Eternal. That is the good one. That's what I've heard. I've been listening, especially to you and other shows, but everybody seems to be up on it. Seems like it's really good storytelling so far. I mean, it just has a lot going on, but it, it just, I don't know, it has everything I, I feel like I need from a weekly. I yeah. mean, it feels like you're telling a lot of story, you're getting a lot of content, um, it's entertaining. Um, it doesn't have the... Like, New 52, uh, sorry, whatever it's called, Future's End, it's trying to hook you because it wants you to care about what happens in five years, but I feel like we won't even get to that point where it's going to matter. Like, it's well, a future yeah, story. Well, never go down that path. Those future line stories never progress that way, so. Yeah, so it just, it feels more inconsequential. Like, I'm not, why do I need to care? If it had been, like, one year later, or, like, well, like... I feel like Future's End would have been a much better, like, 
eight issue miniseries or something like that, tell your story, and you know it's a future story, you know you're never going to get to that point, and really all you're waiting to do is see how the characters work their way out of it. So I don't know why that needed to be a one-year-long weekly event as opposed to just an extended miniseries or something, but... Definitely odd. Then we have uh, Justice League 34 by Jeff Johns and Doug Monkey. Um, this is great. <laughs> I got nothing else to say. Yeah, I picked up the uh, first Jessica Cruz Becomes Powering issue just because I'm a big Green Lantern fan. So to see Powering and kind of the flip side of that universe and see where that goes, I was intrigued. And yeah, I really enjoyed the first issue. So hopefully I'll keep going as long as they're telling her story. I'm actually, although that being said, I'm less interested in her and much more interested in everything with Batman and Lex Luthor. Because that's that's the major hook for me. Like that's it make I mean it does make this feel like it's not a timeless Justice League story. It's just kind of a very like this is the here and now story. Right. But it's a good one, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I guess it's double shipping because issue thirty four is actually late. Ah. So it's okay that they're double shipping it. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's okay. They're doing it one way or the other. True. <laughs> Although, yeah, and I guess it's it's still three ninety nine. But again, you're getting a lot of. A lot of good stuff in there, and the second story, second issue, sorry, starts a new storyline. Uh, it looks like they're going to be bringing in a kind of a, a new version of Amazo, and yep. it's with Ivan Reyes in artwork, so I'm sold on that. I'm intrigued to see with the, uh, it says Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor join Wayne Enterprises and LexCorp, but why? Um, if that'll have ramifications across the Batman, you know, universe, um, or if that's going to be just more isolated to Justice League, if you actually see LexCorp pop up in other Batman books... I feel like it. Well, actually, you know what? I I, I was going to say I feel like it's going to be pretty just DC, uh, sorry, Batman centric, or or sorry, Justice League centric. But then I thought of you know that, that we've seen more kind of um, continuity referencing different types of books where you may not expect them recently. So maybe I'm totally off base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have Justice League United, both an annual and the fifth issue. Um, I haven't read anything past issue two. Um, I I thought it was going to be one thing. It just I haven't really enjoyed it. What about you? No, I haven't picked it up at all. So it's all you. All right then. Well, you have to take my word for it. That is wasn't very entertaining after two issues. When it was uh, originally called Justice League Candidate, I took a big old fat pass. Ah, <laughs> that's what made me want to say yes. <laughs> I know it's that's stupid fine. though, because the the first <laughs> arc is called Justice League Candidate, but they're mo- mostly just in space. <laughs> Well, it makes no sense why they even changed it from Justice League Canada, in my opinion, but that's, you know, not my decision. No. Uh, if it was, I'd be pissed off at you. <laughs> every right. You would have every right. <laughs> then we got Justice League Dark, both again, both an annual and a regular issue. I'm not... I have no idea what's going on in this book. I'm not currently either, but it seems like they're doing some time travel stuff and then bringing back some, uh, some characters that have since checked out. So that might be neat if you're a Justice League Dark fan just to get those characters back, so... Um, then we have uh, the grand finale of Brian Azzarello's run on Wonder Woman. Right. That's pretty... I mean, I, I, I've i only read a, a few issues here and there. I feel like it's the type of thing at one point I'm going to want to go back and read the entire run because I have heard amazing things about it, even though it, I, I guess the reason why they're also ending it is they want a Wonder Woman comic that is more in line with her appearances everywhere else in the DCU. Sure. And which makes sense, but it's it's a sort of in some ways it's a shame it's ending. But it's glad I'm glad that Azarello and Ch- uh, Chiang got to do it this long. 
Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, a buddy of mine, I haven't been keeping up with it. I've picked up a few issues here and there, but a, a buddy of mine has been reading it straight through, and it's his favorite DC book. Um, and I know that's true for a couple of different you know, people I've heard from. That's just an excellent story. So I am kind of glad they're, they're letting this one come to its conclusion and uh, wrap up with its creative team and move on to something different. But at least it'll be one nice, solid, concise Wonder Woman story for people to go to. For sure. I, I think one thing I like about it as well, I mean, again, I haven't been reading it, but the fact that it really is kind of a, it, its own thing, it's in its own corner, no one really touches that version of Wonder Woman, so you can kind of read that book, and you don't need to read any other DC book to understand Wonder Woman. Agreed. And if you want the continuity kind of heavy Wonder Woman, go over, and I guess Batman, and or Superman and Wonder Woman is kind of where she is in the main universe at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, I guess the Wonder Woman main title will kind of shift more towards that angle as we go on moving towards the Batman Superman movie. Yeah. Uh, then we have Secret Origins number six. Uh, looks like we got uh, a Wonder Woman story by Azarello, uh and Chiang. Um, then you also have a Dead Man story by Demetrius and Stokes. And then Sinestro's Origin. I, I think I f- some of these I just feel like we don't need them again. Agreed. Uh, I mean, you just want to hear their new 52 origin, I guess. Sure, but how different could Sinestro's origin really be? Well, and I think maybe though these aren't necessarily for us, but for the folks who just started reading in the past few years or whatnot. And if you want to, you know, if this is their origin tales and their little series to kind of get up to speed, and so be it. I agree. Then don't make it a five dollar book. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, forty eight pages for five dollars is is a little steep. I mean, well, I guess not because a lot of Marvel twenty page books are you know four dollars. But well, I just steep in the on the angle of. If you are a newer reader, I don't know if this is what you go to for yeah five dollars necessarily. Yeah, exactly. If as you said, like you're the sweet spot for you is the two ninety nine. You're willing to give it a shot because it's three bucks. Yes, absolutely. And once it hits that four dollar mark, you're like, whoa. Not not so much. I can't I can't four dollars here and there and everywhere else. Yeah, but three dollars I can kind of justify a little bit more. Um, Then we have Justice League three thousand. I'm surprised it's still going in some ways. I honestly am, too. If it makes it to one year, then that's a success for uh, Keith Giffen and Damateus on this one. Yeah. Uh, we got Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie number three. I'm glad that books like this exist. I have no interest in it personally, but I'm really glad that they do something like this. Agreed. Uh, Aquaman and the Others, I'm glad that they still have... He has, still has two books. I'm glad they're both two ninety nine. Um, I've been enjoying both of them. Enough said. And I know we're just going down through it, but look at... Other than... Uh... Justice League of America. I can't. Most of these have been two ninety nine. Most even even their big titles. I say quote unquote big titles like Aquaman. You know their mainline characters are <laughs> still two ninety nine. I think Batman and Justice League are some of the few that are three ninety nine books for them right now. Yeah, I guess you're right. Although again, Justice League United was a giant issue. Well, that's true, but it was a giant issue. Well, I don't I think guess. it's a regular three. Yeah, but I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm not scrolling back up and looking at it. We got to keep trucking. Yeah, absolutely. Um... What's up next? Uh, Constantine. Again, I'm glad it exists. I just don't have a lot of interest. He's not a character that I've been drawn to a lot, even in the old continuity. So his new continuity hasn't hasn't drawn me in either. Uh, then we have uh, Flash 35. I I just don't. I haven't been enjoying this very much. Um, I'm not a big fan of the writing by Venditti and Van Jensen. Um, the artwork by Brett Booth I don't like. I'm just not a big Brett Booth fan. Um, I don't know. I I want this to be something I really enjoy because I do like Flash. I do like Barry Allen in theory. I just haven't been a big fan since the New 52, but at least with uh, Manipul and Bucciolato, I enjoyed it more. Um, Since Venditti and Jensen have been on it, I can't say as much. I I don't think it goes very far to say uh, 
any argument against my Lobo uh, descent earlier with the ultra-bloody, ultra-violent, uh, unnecessary nature of that issue. But I like the uh, I like the Zombie Flash October variant on this one, <laughs> where it's just hypersonic speeding through people's faces with brains in his mouth and, like, half-heads of individuals right behind him. Um, yeah, it's not exactly the least violent thing uh, going that month, but uh, it's pretty fun where he's just everyone's brainless. Yeah, it's a little it's a little much. It's a little much, but it's fun if you like Halloween zombie stuff. So you know, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, next we have uh, Superman. So again, it's three ninety nine. So I guess Batman and Superman get the three ninety nine treatment. Jeff Johns brings brings the dollar, I guess. Yeah, you you want the uh, one of the head guys at DC got to pay an extra fee. Pay a buck. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I like I more or less like the first issue of uh, Johns and Romita Senior. Uh, sorry, Romita Junior. Man, Romita Senior would be an amazing book. Um, <laughs> it would be something else entirely. But uh, Romita Junior and Jeff Johns, I'm I like the first issue. I'm hoping I'm still like it by issue thirty five. Yeah, I I have to hear it's a really good Superman story for me to jump into the middle of a Superman book. Um, he's never just been a character that's that's pulled me in. Um, so I, I'm not reading this at the moment, but if I hear it's good and it's, you know, a couple of issues in, I might go back and pick up the other ones, so we'll see. Now we have um, a bunch of issues that are part of Superman Doomed Aftermath, which means it only just ends ends in, like, I guess August, and then the Aftermath will be in October. Holy crap, it just feels like it's been going on a long time. Yeah, I, I flipped through a few of these in the store and just took a pass on it. I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing a different kind of... Uh, Doomsday story. Um, I think it's good as opposed to just retelling the same Doomsday lands on Earth, fight Superman. Um, but it's n- not really my taste. Yeah, it's been up and down because, I mean, it has a bunch of writers, and some writers are really good at it, and some writers have just haven't been able to kind of stick the landing. Um, Greg Pak on Action Comics uh, has really been really wildly up and down for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no consistency, I don't think, on the book. Aaron Cooter, I haven't really enjoyed the art very much. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, though, I'm, Sewell has been doing a really good job on, on the writing. I'm a little sad that Jack Herbert, I don't even know who that is, because before we had Tony Daniel, and obviously now he's on Deathstroke, which feels like a demotion, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. But I guess it's because he gets to write it, too. Yeah, I guess that's how they uh, offered it to him, at least. And theoretically, I mean, Tony Daniel is not one of the people who I think you're going to get this amazing marriage of art and the story because he has a certain style that I don't think it shows him to be very experimental. Like Scotty Young, Francis Manipal, these are guys who, when they both write and draw, you get something really special. Um, I don't think you're going to get you get that something that special from Daniel when he does both chores. Agreed. Uh, then we got World's Finest, 27. I guess we're taking a trip into the history of Earth 2. I'm surprised this book is still going, because I thought it was just going to end. I was about to say the exact same thing. I'm amazed it's made it to 27. Well, not only that, but they're back on Earth 2, so why why do we need another book set on Earth 2? We already have five. Five in a month now. Yeah, so now we have another. Uh, Then we have Supergirl, which is part of the Superman Doomed Aftermath. Um, I've kind of been enjoying the whole Red Daughter of Krypton, or whatever it's called. So, yeah, that was going to be my point. I'm sad her eyes are the only things that are red on this issue. Yeah, she's kind of back to being rudderless, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, I know with the Green Lantern stuff right now, they're moving towards, or well, in, in, in her own book as well, the Red Lantern book and her book, their guy sent her off to get her ring off to not basically deal with atrocities coming to kill them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems kind of dumb that she'd send her off 
just at that moment when you're about to fight the worst thing you've come across, you're going to send your most powerful lantern away. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, but it just seems like they were like, hey, let's cross this over for a while, and now we're done. So Kind of, yeah. Get her out there quick. Then we've got uh, five issues of Batman Eternal. Now, the only thing I want to say about this is I'm sad that... Not sad, but I'm I'm concerned about the book because if you look at the artists, I've never heard of any of these. Uh, R.M. Guerra, uh, Javier Guerron, Megan Hetrick, Simon Colebi, and, uh, well, sorry, Fernando Pissarin is the only one I know of the five. That makes me concerned. Well, I mean, you figure, though, you're going to have three weeklies going at the same time. Maybe this is where you check some talent. You just see, hey, give a guy an issue, see how he plays. If you know you like it, then he ends up on a miniseries, and maybe they're using it as kind of a, a breakout opportunity. I feel like you don't do that on a weekly book where you're already you're, you're kind of forcing people to invest a lot to follow the story. So you kind of want to make sure that you, you're giving them good artistic talent. And if you're not, I feel like you're doing a disservice to the reader. Well, do you don't do it on Deathstroke. You just put a permanent guy on Deathstroke, and then that book fails up three issues. Absolutely, that's what you do. We're losing you a little bit. Um. I would much rather do it on a on a weekly book, honestly, and just give them one issue, and then if it's not great, go back to your main artist. I wouldn't want big, you know, jumps in the art by any means, but if yeah. they're if they're a similar style, then you know, pull it on through. Well, here's the thing. So, okay, that's not a bad way to look at it, but having four kind of brand new artists in one month, like four's a bit much. Yeah, you should you sprinkle want, like, them in. I agree. Yeah, sprinkle them in would be the best bet, but. I don't, I don't have a problem with new or different artists on the book, on a weekly book like this, but I do agree that it would need to be used sparingly. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Batman 35, which is, I guess, is this the first? No, I guess it's not the first post, uh, post-zero-year post story, or is it? Um, I feel like zero-year ends in 33, doesn't it? Well, it does say from the Superstar creative team that brought you a new start to the Cape Crusader comes a story that could end him... Uh, yeah, Endgame begins here. So uh, there may be like one epilogue issue Okay. Uh, stuff, but this is definitely the start of a new arc. Man, it's about time. Yeah. yeah, I've been waiting for Batman to get done with his prequel stuff. Or not prequel, but history. I've been enjoying it. Like I, I was I was really harsh on it originally, and then when I went back and read it all again, I was like, you know what, this is a lot more interesting than I remembered it being. What do you think of that Halloween variant cover for the Batman 35? <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like a vampire Dracula-looking uh, Batman with uh, three brides in, I guess, like underwear slash nightgowns, just crawling around the floor. That you know, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, something a little different. <laughs> uh, then we've got Grayson number three uh, with artwork by Mikkel Yannon, who I've really enjoyed his artwork on the first issue. Um, I'm willing to give this a shot for the first arc, but I am. I'm, I just don't know if it needs to exist. I'm on the fence, but the first issue was good enough that I'm in for the next few. So, Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Then we have uh, Batman Superman 15. I'm, I, I'm kind of surprised this book's going because it hasn't been the most consistent, and I can't stand Jay Lee's artwork on it. I do like those sweet werewolf uh, Halloween covers, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we have Detective Comics 35. It's a two-part uh, first chapter of a two-part tale with a guest team. Um, I might just give this a pass, to be honest. Yeah, I probably won't pick it up, but I like the fact they're doing little short one, two, three issue stories. Absolutely. Uh, then we've got the next chapter of Robin Rises in Batman and Robin. Um, 
I kind of like the uh, the Omega one shot or whatever it was, so I'm willing to. I, I I enjoy Tomasi's work. I like Gleason. I like the creative team. So I guess I'm in to see where this goes. I'm in for Tomasi and to see if they bring Damien back or just bring him back all jacked up and kind of where they go with that character. Now that he's become a fan favorite, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. If they're going to actually commit, bring him back all the way, or if they're just going to kind of screw with the audience and make him like half zombie or something. Uh, then we've got Batgirl, so she's going through a, a pretty big change. Yeah, what do you what do you think of that new outfit there? Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I mean it, it's gonna be. It's not like it's gonna be this costume and the way she's already been written. It's obviously they're changing the tone of the book. I just don't know if if readers are gonna be okay with that because I don't have a problem with the look per se, but they're also changing the way that the character's written. And they're they're trying to make it the kind of a happier book, because it's been a pretty dark and depressing book at times. Yeah. So I'm, but I, I feel like that's going to be such a a jarring difference that it, it might kind of ruin the book a little, just because it's going to feel like okay, well, how do we get from there to here? I mean, they could maybe pull a Daredevil there because I mean, obviously Daredevil was really depressing when Andy Diggle wrote it, and then you had Mark Wade come and write the happy fun Daredevil, and it still felt like it was within the same universe and everything still happened but now there was a reason for him to kind of become this way are we going to see that with Batgirl or are we just going to pretend that she's never been dark and depressing I'm still bummed she's out of the wheelchair yeah it's been three years we should get over it by now I should I should but we're comic book fans and I don't (laughs) grudges forever well maybe we'll see her back you know after whatever magical crisis happens in April yeah yeah, at this point, I hope they don't do anything else. Like, just let her be her. But I I don't know. I'm not fully against her having a little bit more upswing. Because it was kind of like they said, well, we, she was in the wheelchair, but we're going to get her out of the wheelchair. But don't worry, it's still going to be terrible for her. So if you go through a period where she's a little more not, I don't know, not, not the, the art looks almost kind of poppy and, you know, modern and everything. And I don't know that she necessarily needs that story. But, uh but I don't mind if she does a little something different for a while. All right. Um, we're going a little long in the DC segment, so I'm just going to stream past some of the next ones unless you have something in particular you want to talk about. I'll stop you if I've got anything big. I don't I don't see anything just glancing, so go ahead. Uh, Red Hood and Outlaws still going. Uh, Batwoman still going. Uh, Catwoman, somehow it's still going, but it looks like it's finally going to be uh, kind of tying into Batman Eternal, so at least that'll make a little bit more sense for grounding the character. Uh, Harley Quinn 11, that book continues to churn and people keep buying it for some reason. Um, we got a Harley Quinn annual, so that'll be fun. It's $6, though. Good luck selling that. Yeah, well, people are going to are gonna get it. Absolutely they are. I mean, apparently people love Harley Quinn. Yeah, I like, I like the character. I don't know that I like this incarnation, but anyway. Then we got the uh, yet another crossover for the Green Lanterns because they didn't just come out of one. Uh, it's killing me. It's killing me so bad. So you got the new god, new gods, Godhead number one, which is five dollars, which is the one shot that starts it all. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Green Lantern, which is the next chapter. Then Green Lantern Core. It's also going to be in New Guardians. And look, it's also in Red Lanterns. And look, it's also in Sinestro. Because those are all the Lantern books at this time, since largely. Ye- yep. Yeah. So you're buying uh, six issues that month, right? It looks like it, and I might even have to go for that Sinestro variant cover. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. It's uh, what Bart Sears, man. You don't see his name anymore. No, no. And a nice, devilly looking Sinestro. Quite literally, Devil and Sinestro combined together. Pretty, Although, pretty cool. that being said, I kind of like the regular covers for that month. 
they, they are interesting. A little a little different style you got going on there. Very different. Almost magazine-esque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got Infinity Man and the Forever People. I'm surprised it even made it to issue four. Um, we got Swamp Thing having an annual and a regular issue, but both by Charles Sewell. Uh, we got The Flash, season zero, number one. So I, it's a digital first series from the world of the TV show. So that'll actually probably do well. I think so. I, I think it's a good thing they've got a tie into the season to the TV show as well. So Absolutely. And speaking of uh, TV tie-ins, you have uh, Arrow, season 2.5, number one. You know you like those hot abs, Adam. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's, a can- he's a Canadian. I can't not love him, right? <laughs> that tells you exactly what they're selling right there. Absolutely. And it's interesting that his cousin's going to be on uh, Flash, too. Oh, I didn't know that. As um, uh, Ronnie Raymond. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, Firestorm's there. Why not? Why not, yeah. Uh, these are all digital first books. you got Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet number 5, uh, Infinite Crisis, Fight for the Multiverse, Batman Beyond the Universe, Batman 66, uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 2 Annual. Man, that's that's a long title. Uh, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 3, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 3 number 2, so I guess two issues come out that month. Um, and then a bunch of, I guess, uh, still digital books. Man, these are all digital first books. DC's pumping them out. Wow. He-Man and the, and the Masters of the Universe, Smallville Season 11, Chaos Number 3. I don't like how they've been breaking out Season 11 of Smallville. Is, or, uh, are you sure these are still, like, I see that Smallville's digital first. I don't think the He-Man is. No. Sorry. Uh, He-Man just kind of got lumped in with the digital first books for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, then there's the digital first Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman... And then you get into the trade paperback collections, which I'm not going to go go into, I don't think. No, I think we're good on those. Although I will mention that they have, again, because they do it every year, Futures End, five years later, Omnibus. Of all the Omnibuses they've done for their big September books, this one probably makes the most amount of sets. Yeah. Because it's all set in the same world. This and the Zero issues actually make the most amount of sense. The... And I guess the villains ones, too. The first one is the one that doesn't make any sense, because it's, hey, do you want to read 52, part one of six? <laughs> That's a great idea. Like, that, uh, no one wants to spend $100 on a sampler. Apparently somebody did. They thought they did, at least. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's anything else I'm really going to focus on. I guess in trade paperback collections, there is an ident- Identity Crisis 10th Anniversary hardcover. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who love Superman uh, for All Seasons by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, there's a new deluxe edition hardcover. And I think that's about it that I thought was really interesting in terms of trade paperbacks. Yeah, I was just scrolling down through to see if anything caught my eye, but you, you named most of them, I think. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's go quick. we got Marvel. <laughs> let's go. Fire them off. Uh, let's see. First up, Uncanny Avengers 25. So this is Axis Month, basically. And a lot of books are in Axis. They are going full tilt on this crossover. Yeah, so I guess, uh, is it starting in Uncanny Avengers, or does it say part one, or just says it starts here? It says the dark path to Axis starts here, so I guess we're starting Uncanny Avengers 25. And then we have a main book. So so that book is by Akuna and Remender, so basically the regular people. Then you got yeah. Avengers, Avengers and X-Men. Well, we've got three issues of this Avengers and X-Men all shipping in the same month, it looks like. And the first one's five bucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess it's by Remender and Adam Kubert for the first two, and then Lionel Francis Yu doing the third. I miss the days where an event book was just by one artist. 
And I guarantee you, you mentioned the first one's five bucks. I guarantee the last one's five or six bucks. They've gotten in a habit of doing that lately. They'll get you on the first part, and they'll get you on the last part. Absolutely. So if the seven issues in the middle are going to be four bucks, so that's $28 right there. Then you got two, let's say, $5 bucks. So you got about $38 for this nine-issue event. Yep, 40 bucks. Ouch. Uh, then we've got, uh, sorry, I guess I should briefly ask, do you care about Axis? I'll check out, I'll, I'll flip through issue one and see if it, it grabs me, but, I mean, no, not that much. I'm more interested than I thought I'd be. Um, I, I want to give Remender a shot at, you know, Remender's never really gotten a shot to do a big event, right? That's true, that's so, absolutely true, and Uncanny Avengers has been a if isolated yet still really fun story I mean he's definitely it says an event two years in the making and you can go back two years and see every little thing he's laid so yeah it is true he has been building up to this it seems uh, then we have the uh, some of the tie-ins I don't think need to be there uh, Axis Carnage so another Carnage miniseries uh, that's all he can do apparently poor little guy just miniseries 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 which is fine it just I feel like does anyone care about Carnage enough to re I guess this is their way of of getting the Carnage fans and the and the fans who will buy anything Axis. I would be happy to have like a symbiote book and have, you know, Venom come in and out, see the other symbiotes that we just got in uh, Deadpool versus Carnage and all that, but but now we just keep getting Carnage little one shots here and there. Uh, then we've got Axis Hobgoblin. Now this I'm definitely in for. No, I'm I'm not. Not so much on my no. part. Really? It doesn't need to be called Axis, it could just be like Hobgoblin and I'm in. Well, yeah, but then all the other people collecting all the Axis wouldn't be, so they well, know they've got your buck. Oh, absolutely, but they've, they've got my money. I mean, uh, Kevin Shinnick, I've liked what he's written so far in the Spider-Man universe. Uh, Javier Rodriguez, I really like his artwork, so I'm I'm so sold on this. Like The minute they said that Hobgoblin's going to have a book, and it's the one and only original Hobgoblin, for real this time, apparently they swear, um, I'm totally in. I like Kevin Shinnick, but I find it funny that they put behind his name, Superior Carnage, Superior Spider-Man team-up, but in front of his name, Robot Chicken writer Kevin Shinnick. Just <laughs> <laughs> a claim, Robot Chicken. Yeah, that is kind of interesting that they want to, they really want to pump up what he's done for Marvel and who he is. Yes, yes. Uh, we've got Deadpool. No, I haven't been reading Deadpool at all, but look, it's part of Axis. Why not? Well, and if you'll notice, I think like the first 15 or whatever issues have a Deadpool 75th variant cover this month. So get ready to see all the Deadpool wackiness on the shelf. Oh, good. Uh, then we have Axis Revolutions, which is a companion series, which kind of looks like basically, um, um, what was it, AVX Versus. Right, exactly my thoughts. Yep. This could be this could work. I mean, Hopeless does good action. I don't know about Ken Lashley and artwork, but it could be good, but... Um, it's going to be really tough. You want to spend another $4 on top of spending your $4 on the main series, on top of buying your regular series that are doing crossovers. I don't. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because, I mean, if you if, if, if you just get the Axis main series, which, again, is three issues this month, plus this one tie-in, you're already spending, you know, $17. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've got Magneto 11, which unfortunately has to become part of a tie-in. Um, but this could actually be entertaining. We'll see what Colin Bunn does with it. I'm intrigued to see what they do with Magneto here because it seems like they've they've been taking him on a little bit of a ride lately, and he, now he's kind of got to choose. Does he does he fight Red Skull? Does he kind of go back to the villainy side? And it seems like maybe he he's going to get drugged into it, whether he wants to or not, by some of the uh, little descriptions here. Well, I mean, he 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 already hates the Red Skull enough. I mean, he tried to imprison him during um, Acts of Vengeance back in the what ninety or eighty nine. 
So right. it makes sense for him to hate him, not just because he's a Nazi, but also because he does have Xavier's you know brain in his in his in his head. It should be a very good like standoff confrontation. We'll see how it plays, but it, it, it's got all the right potential to be really good. Uh, we got Loki, agent of Asgard. So again, it's being drawn in because Loki's part of the Axis. Could be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been reading any of this, so I certainly probably won't stop here or it, start. It's a very fun book. It's got a lot. It's just got this sensibility that you don't find in most books these days. Yeah. Uh, which I, I I'm fearing it's going to lose during the crossover. Probably, very much possibly. Uh, all new X Factor. I'm sad that this is being drawn in, but I mean I'm buying it anyway. It doesn't really matter. But I I, I like that it's kind of its own. It's an island in in Marvel. Like it just does, does its own thing. So being drawn into a crossover doesn't fill me with glee. Well, it seems like even here, it's Axis is going on, but it seems like they might be handling a little side pocket of it, so maybe still retaining the Peter David-esque nature. God, I hope so. Um, then we have uh, Captain America 25, which has the all-new Captain America that we already know who he is. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Wilson, Sam Wilson being the, uh, the new Captain America with wings? I have no problem with it. That's fine. There, there have been, there would have been, and could have been far worse choices than Sam Wilson to put on the uh, red, white, and blue. So that's that's a okay by me. Oh, absolutely. I I think people who are upset about it, first of all, haven't been reading this book because yeah. Remender has been obviously guiding Sam Wilson that way anyway. And I like that they're kind of they're still going to have uh, Steve Rogers, but is more of a um, uh, like not a sidekick, but strategic support kind of idea. Yeah, we'll come to Steve Rogers in a little bit. There's there's one I really want to point out as kind of a funny appearance. But. Although, actually, now that I think about it, really, he's basically... Sam Wilson's basically Batman Beyond. Yeah. Because you have an old Steve Rogers. <laughs> Guiding him on his missions. Yeah, and I mean, and this is a new version of Captain America who will fly. That's true, I didn't even think about that. I mean, there's some odd, little, very surface similarities. I think it's going to be great, um... I think, I mean, it's still Remender writing it, so it's the story he wants to tell. It's the marketing department that says, hey, you want to tell the story? Let's relaunch it as the all-new Captain America. All right. I can't wait for a Captain America hero click with flight. That'd be awesome. Bring it on. But he may not have the uh, the bells and whistles in terms of amazing range combat attacks. Well, that's true. That's true. They'll give him a short range. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. That's what we do. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, three issues of Death of Wolverine, the Logan Legacy, because having... Every issue of the Death of Wolverine in the previous month wasn't enough. Oh, and three of uh, three of seven, dude. We need seven issues of the Logan Legacy. I, I didn't. Like I know, I, I know I, that the, the I know that they're kind of being uh, inspired by what they did for Fallen Sun when Captain America died. Yeah. Um, but seven issues is a little much. But uh, we'll see. It, it feels like it's not a real miniseries. It's more of like an anthology series. Here's what I'll point out where my sticking point is, and it's the first line of the description here. Wolverine, dash, the greatest X-Men ever, dash, is dead, exclamation. First of all, I'm pretty sure it should be the greatest X-Man ever, because he's not the entire X-Men. No, no, he's the greatest X-Men ever. And second of all, it's very arguable that he's the greatest X-Man ever, after all the things he's done throughout his tenure. But uh, He's the most popular. He's the most popular, absolutely. But the greatest? Mm, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Good for seven issues of death, though. <laughs> now, it looks... I don't know who, who this one's featuring, or maybe it's not featuring anyone, but the second issue's uh, featuring uh, X-23, the third issue's featuring Sabretooth, so they're all going to have their own spotlights. This yeah. could be a really, really well-done series. 
Um, well, looks like the second issue still has X-23 on the cover. So if they do turn this into an X-23 kind of uprising, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think she's a fun character and could use a little bit more development. So, I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun on this, but three ninety nine is still tough for me to take a take a shot in the dark on this. Yeah, it should have been two ninety nine, but they know that people will buy it because they're Wolverine completists. Absolutely. Uh, then we've got uh, Nightcrawler number 7, which is a Death of Wolverine Aftermath. This is the book that I, first of all, think should be two ninety nine. Uh, but I've 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 really enjoyed this book, and uh, I don't know why. This is the first Chris Claremont, like like modern Chris Claremont, that I've been able to read and enjoy in like forever. I have enjoyed the first few issues I picked up. A friend, uh, well, I didn't really pick them up. A friend let me borrow them, and I've gone through them. But they they were really fun, and I'm not historically the biggest Nightcrawler fan, but they've been they've been a fun little blast to go on. And we have a, a, a new, like, a, I don't know if this is an ongoing or a one-shot or not. It doesn't say one-shot. It's Death of Wolverine, Deadpool, and Captain America number one. What is this? I don't need it, but part of me really wants it. Just to see old Steve Rogers still going at it as an old man just hitting people in the head with a cane. Yeah, I don't know. But, and, I, don't, but, I don't know that it's going to be good, but I'm certainly interested in it. And the first description is, did you know Wolverine is dead? I'm like, yes. Well, and that's their point, though. That's the point on all these Deadpool descriptions they always state the obvious i don't and again i don't know if this is going to be an ongoing or not it doesn't say one shot so yeah but there have been several of these little deadpool and number ones lately so i do think it's just a death of wolverine tie-in for five bucks if you're that interested in the death of wolverine or deadpool i am am interested that it has scott collins and artwork he's hit or miss but mostly hit so that could be interesting um but underneath that, we have uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, because calling him Winter Soldier isn't enough. Don't know, don't know why we have to add in Bucky Barnes, as if anybody sells on that iconic and, name necessarily. And this, this might be stupid, but does he need a colon? Couldn't it just be a comma? Yeah, but you don't usually see a lot of commas in book titles. Uh, they used to. There used to be uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man. It used to have a comma. Did that, have a, that did have a comma in it? At one point, I had a comma. It also had a colon at a different point. Yeah. Yeah, I think colon's just more traditional these days, but yeah, anyway. Uh, following the tragedy of Original Sin, what becomes of Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, find out this new ongoing series. Um, well, what happens first? Come on now, previews. Yeah. Um, I wish it was not three ninety nine, but I'll read. probably read it. I'll check it out. I don't know if that I'm that big a Winter Soldier fan for four bucks, but I'll, I'll check it out if it's good. I'll jump in. Uh, we got Deathlock number one, and this is spinning out of what was it? Original Sins number one. I think so. Um, I'm again. If you want to try out these new books, why are you putting them at three ninety nine? Yep, agreed. Now again, and- it's nice to have digital codes, but at the same time, like you want people to actually want to try and pick up your book, and I feel like it's pricing it out of people's comfort level for trying something new. Well, and especially when you've got people coming in, I mean, clearly they're trying to tie it into uh, Agents of Shield and everything with uh, with this new Deathlock, and yet you make it a four dollar price point for people to come in off the street on Green Green Arrow book two ninety nine, Deathlock book three ninety nine. I mean, I go for Green Arrow. Yeah, um, it could be it could be good, but I don't know if a lot. It's not going to have the audience it maybe deserves because people are going to be scared off by that dollar. Yeah, yeah, but in a world of Rocket Raccoon, Star Lord, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and everything else. I guess they think Deathlock can go three ninety nine. So we'll see. Then we've got uh, Thanos. It got up there, listing number one to four. So this was a um, an infinite comic, and now they're releasing it in uh, print. But dumping all four issues in one month and each one for four bucks is extremely steep. Yes. Like I don't, I don't know if a, a lot of people are. 
okay, sorry, I can't even think of my words. Um, this is obviously supposed to go after infinity, but it nowhere in the title does it tell you that it's post infinity. It doesn't tell you it's about Thane, not Thanos. It just feels like it's wanting to be one thing, but it's not in any way telling you how what it is. Well, and yeah, I agree with you. Four issues in one month, sixteen bucks for a Thane story is a, a, a ton. Um, but at this point in time, I feel like the people who wanted to read this have probably got it on digital. And if you want a physical copy, you're probably just going to wait for the trade. So I don't know who these singles in one month are for, necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, then we have a, a new launch. We have Guardians 3000, number one, by Dan Abnett, with no Andy Lanning, because they don't work together anymore. Um, so if you thought that Marvel forgot about the future version of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they haven't. They're going to bring them back. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to read this. I like that it's... You know, it's it's not going to have any real tie-ins because it's the only book set in that time period. Right. Uh, so that's a big incentive. I'm not happy that it's four dollars, but you know, I, I I like Dan Abnett. I like what he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy when he he with without him and Andy Lanning, we would not have the Guardians of the Galaxy movie in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt with these characters that are long-standing Marvel characters that no one has ever really cared enough about like they've had an ongoing series in the 90s they've made many appearances throughout the years but they've you know they, they're kind of a blank slate you can kind of do what you want with them well it's two things are interesting to me first of all i really am excited about this book uh if if there was a guardians book i was looking for it's this one not necessarily star lord solo or rocket raccoon solo um i did enjoy the old guardians some of their crossovers with silver surfer are some of my favorite stuff um i'm happy to see dan abnett back on a, a guardians book even if it's a future set book um, I agree the 399 price point really hurts it. The weird thing to me, though, is we call it Guardians 3000. And all the branding and all the tie-ins, we don't call it Guardians of the Galaxy 3000. So I'm not really sure why, of all things, they don't cross-reference and cross-brand. This is the one. Yeah, maybe they thought it would be too long a title, or maybe they didn't want to confuse it with the Guardians of the Galaxy, because even though that's what they are... Now people are going to have a new interpret like people just coming off the street theoretically if they actually make it to the store they're going to think of the Guardians of the Galaxy as being one specific thing. You give them three thousand, they're going to be like, I don't under like, I don't understand. Where's Star Lord? Where's Rocket Raccoon? This isn't what I wanted. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I could I could see that potentially, but I feel more like they would call it Guardians of the Galaxy, hoping people would read that title and go, Oh, is this something else? And pick it up too. So, sure. or maybe they thought it was too long a title. Possibly. Possibly. Um, now, I just thought of something. Do you think? Uh, obviously, it will. It'll never happen because it can't happen. But I kind of want a Guardians three thousand and a Justice League three thousand uh, crossover. That would be fun. They're we, both in three thousand. Let's make it happen. Exactly. Uh, then we got New Avengers and Avengers are. Uh, they're in the set in seven months. Uh, time runs out. I'm really pumped for this because uh, I like that. Like everything in Axis is all building towards whatever is happening in New Avengers and Avengers twenty four. Right. It's um, kind of an interesting concept, and we're going to... Everything in the Marvel Universe is slowly getting closer to when this actually is supposed to be set. It's kind of an interesting premise. It's kind of like doing One Year Later, but doing it kind of in a different way. Like, actually allowing... Like, showing us kind of what's happening, but then not explaining how. And then we actually get to see that over the course of seven months, for real. That's cool. Yeah, you, as Hickman has always done, he's writing one long-form story. So it's it's going to build to something neat, no doubt. Uh, what's interesting as well is that uh, Kev Walker is going to be on New Avengers, and then on Avengers, which is double shipping, uh, we'll have Stefano Caselli doing both issues, so those are down to, uh, bound to be very good-looking books. 
I also appreciate the fact, I know it makes it a little harder for people looking to pre-order and things like that, but the descriptions are in seven months, dot, 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 times runs out. That's for New Avengers, Avengers 36, and Avengers 37. You don't get a lot of plot details and spoilers off this. You just you just know it's coming. That's it. So jump in and see what happens. You actually do get some surprises out of these, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Avengers World, as that continues with, uh, I guess, Uprisings Over, whatever that is. Uh, we've got Nick Spencer and Marco Cicchetto doing it. Um, interested to see how they're going to be using the next Avengers, if that's what I think it is. Looks basically like Young Avengers coming back, or whatever the iteration was of the, the children of the Avengers. I think they were called, like, the next Avengers or Avengers Next or something. Avengers Next. That was the animated show, I think. Yeah, well, that's what these characters basically are. They were in... What Bendis's version of Avengers uh, when he started that book? I believe so. So that could be that could be good. I mean, I'm enjoying the book generally. Um, below that, we have Amazing Spider-Man seven, and it looks like now that Learning to Crawl is over, it goes back to double shipping, which I'm actually quite happy about. Because mm-hmm. um, I miss not getting my two issues of Amazing Spider-Man like in the current continuity. I'm not necessarily a big fan of double shipping all the time and massive crossovers, but I'm stupid in for this Spider-Verse thing. <laughs> I am, I am just all in. If I can see every different Spider-Man from every different Spider-Verse, oh, 1994 me is so happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, uh, I'm also excited to see what uh, Amazing Spider-Man 7 has um, the new Miss Marvel joining in as well. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. And then issue 8, we have the MC2 Spider-Girl, which is cool. Uh, and then, uh, as you mentioned, the Edge of Spider-Verse uh, miniseries, which is really just an anthology series. And it's interesting because, again, I don't know any of these creators, but they're all kind of trying to do some new version of a Spider-Man that we've never seen before. Right. And I'm kind of cool with that. Although, I gotta say, the Edge of Spider-Verse 4, the the description, it kind of sounds like a what-if comic we already got many years ago. It's a, a radioactive spider bites his high school nerd who's already something of a monster. There is a, a in the late 90s or mid-90s, there was a what-if that had, like, a Spider-Man on the cover, and he looked all, like, evil. And it was, right. like, kind of Peter Parker was, like, a messed up kind of villainous character. From what I remember. I mean, don't take me absolutely correct, because I could be wrong. Sounds cool to me. I'm in. Whatever. Uh, then we got Superior Foes of Spider-Man 16. Still not, still not, no, hold on. Did they mean to do this? Still not, still not canceled? I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out necessarily. I didn't. I didn't think of it that hard, but I was like, I don't know if it is or not. But either way, I'm glad it's still going. Me too. It's 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 a lot of fun. Then we've got, uh, unfortunately, a double shipping for Spider-Man 2099. Mm-hmm. Um, although, issue number five has Rick Leonardi, the co-creator of the character, coming back. So that could be interesting. Plus, these covers are gorgeous. What oh, great cover art. Absolutely. They're really nice. Uh, we've got, but again, they're both four bucks. Yeah, yeah. Almost are. everything is. Almost everything on this side of the fence. Uh, then we've got uh, Rocket Raccoon. Uh, the first issue was a lot of fun. It looks like it's still going with the same arc. Yeah, Rocket Raccoon and Star Lord. I'm both. I'm both out at four bucks. If I want a Guardian story, I'll read Guardians main. I just. I don't need this much. I, I understand it as a Green Lantern fan. If you are a Guardians fan and want more Guardians universe stuff, I'll go for it. Go hog wild on this. But it's. It's not mine. Uh, we got again Legends is Legendary Star Lord number four. I that one I really feel doesn't need to exist because Guardians of the Galaxy already feels like the main one to get like the the book that's mostly about star lord sure like the other characters don't feel like they're necessarily as important to the general plot as star lord himself yeah he's obviously the lead so why does he need an ongoing book as well although that being said we have wolverine the x-men and wolverine well before he died 
Well, hold the phone. You get Kitty Pride showing up in Legendary Star Lord number four. That's got to justify four bucks, yeah? Yeah, no. Kitty Pride and Star Lord versus Thanos? That'll go well. She's not going to be there. She she was in the first issue. She was just in bed, like, reading, and he, like, has some sort of weird phone that can call her and be like, and he was like, oh, hey, you're in bed. Hey. Seriously, that's a real thing. Awesome. Um, the Gardens of the Galaxy 20. Now, this I'm pumped for. It's by Ed McGinnis on art. And it's the final chapter of what really happened in the Cancerverse, so that I'm pumped I'm for seeing. I'm excited for this. This is everything. I want to see. If this is a bad story, I'm just going to cry and light things on fire. I need a good reason to what happened to Rich Rider. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, then we have the Marvel 75th Anniversary Celebration, which is a $6 one-shot, but 56 pages, which is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, who knows what it's going to be like. Um, it looks like we have a lot of stories. you got James Robinson and Chris Somney. That's a solid team. Uh, Bruce Tim is adapting the very first Captain America story that Stan Lee ever wrote. Um, Tom DeFalco writes Spider-Man vs. Kingpin story. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, Bendis and Gatos do another uh, Jessica Jones story. That could be really good. And then um, Len Wein doing a, a Wolverine story could be interesting. I'm actually surprised that they're getting that Bruce Tim is doing anything for Marvel. He's coming back to Marvel, yeah, and, and helping out on this one. It would be interesting to know to what extent he's actually involved on this, but... Well, he's the artist for one of the stories. We just don't know how long that story is. How long the story is, right, exactly. Uh, then we got Moon Knight number 8. That's by Brian Wood and Greg Smallwood. Uh, I'm, I, I'll am probably end up picking it up, but I'm going to miss Warren Ellis because he's been amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun book so far. Uh, then we have a book that doesn't really need to exist, Hawkeye versus Deadpool. Here we go again, Deadpool 1 of 4. Yeah, another miniseries for uh, for Deadpool. Uh, Joe Dugan's got like 19 books right now, and they're all Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, there's Dugan again, writing Hulk, oh. though. Uh, I'm interested in this, because uh, I have been enjoying it. I'm really going to miss Mark Wade. I love Mark Bagley on uh, doing the, the art. Um, seeing Doc Green versus uh, the Gamma Corps and Scar, that could be good. Could be fun, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Electra, that book has just been gorgeous. It's a great book. I mean, it's $4.00. But it's been a great-looking book. You feel like you get a piece of art for $4 on that, though. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, then we have Inhuman number 7. Uh, looks like uh, Ryan Stegman's taking a break for an issue. So we got Pepe Larraz, which is a fun name to say. Uh, and Charles Sewell writing it. I I read the second issue, and I was like, I don't know if I like this. It was just too little too late for me. The Inhuman fire died down, and I moved on. If it ever was really like... It, it wasn't even like a fire. It was like a... It was like a small little grease fire, and then they yeah. it, it, and then they forgot about it. And then it went to nothing. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, then we got Miss Marvel, one of the few two ninety nine Marvel books. And what a great one it is! Absolutely, it's gorgeous, and it's just fun. Great story, great character, a great new character added to the roster. And I hope she sticks around for a while. Uh, then we've got uh, Punisher by Nathan Edmondson. I've been loving this book. It. Uh, I was really kind of sour going in because I loved the last version of Punisher we got, but this has been really fun, and it's been a great book. Um, we're speeding up now in case no one noticed it. Uh, we got uh, Nova, uh, which is Halloween, and it looks like Nova goes to Westchester to join the students of the Jean Grey School. That sounds like awesomeness. <laughs> like, I'm so in for that. That could be so it's much fun. fun. It's a fun cover. You got Brew there and Nova and everybody. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, then we got Hawkeye 22, Hawkeye, Hawkeyes versus Tracksuits final round. It's sad that it's ending, but at the same time, it's kind of maybe about time. Like, the book doesn't ship well. 
Um, I haven't been a big fan of the Kate Bishop story. Um, I've just been more kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for each uh, Clint Barton issue. Um, it's a shame that it's, fun- it's ending in some ways, but maybe it's meant to be. It's been a great run. I mean, let it be what it is and wrap it up and enjoy it. Uh, then we got Black Widow uh, in the uh, another kind of Wolverine's death um, uh, kind of uh, aftermath issue in the wake of Wolverine's death with Isaac's life on the line. Black Widow takes X twenty three punching. That's a great great synopsis. Well, and there we see X twenty three popping up again. Wouldn't be surprised if they don't push her up after Wolverine's death to kind of replace for a while. How many months do you think Wolverine will actually be dead? They say permanent, and I know when they say permanent, I assume about a year. Yeah, I think a year is actually not bad. I think that's actually a, a remarkable show of restraint if they make it that long. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Uh, Daredevil number nine. Uh, again, I, I love this book. It's so gorgeous. Uh, it infuriates me that uh, I was trying to get Leon to read it, and he was like, I don't like it. The art's ugly. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's gorgeous. Well, some people just have dumb ideas. So Yeah, well, I mean... I, again, when you, when, you, when you get raised in the era of Jim Lee and that kind of style, sometimes it is hard to break free from that. And Somni is quite different, but his storytelling is magnificent. Yeah, agreed. Uh, then we have All New Invaders. That continues. Um, it, it really shouldn't be called All New Invaders, though. I feel like it should just be called Jim Hammond and Friends. Yeah, I flipped through the first issue, and I just, I'm not a big, historically big fan of the Invaders in this just kind of seem like more invaders so it wasn't necessarily my, my cup of tea fair enough but again it's not really the invaders it's just human torch yeah uh then we've got uh, thunderbolts as that continues somehow although apparently it's the final gotcha. issue yep yep i, t- I take it back along to another 299 <laughs> yeah that's true now here's a, qu- a question about thunderbolts do you think it's one or two months till we have a new uh, relaunch thunderbolts i give it i give it two They'll let this die down a little, but it'll be no more than two. Okay. Like two months without it, or like the second month it's back? Um, I'll say two full months without it. Back wow. Over. Yeah, so off in October, uh, gone November, gone December, starts back January. I feel like it's back in December at the latest. I think it's going to be all new Thunderbolts, because it's the all new Marvel now. Oh, sorry, Avengers now. <laughs> uh, it could be. Or whatever it's called right now. So I, I think we'll see it back. It would definitely be back. I'm, I feel feel like it'll be back before the year's over but i could be wrong well, um i certainly wouldn't say any more than two months yeah then we've got uh, two issues of fantastic four because we needed to double ship uh i have been enjoying the book more or less so yeah all right whatever give me more ff it was a little less for me on the first three or four issues i tried to stick with it i, I like the fantastic four historically this just i don't know it, it wasn't really doing a whole lot for me with the with all trials and tribulations of the family necessarily on this. I like the more cosmic out there, read exploring family in space. So Yeah, yeah. they are they're pushing the trials and tribulations a little too hard, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh we've got Secret Avengers. I've been loving this book. I don't know what the hell Tlon is, but whatever. Sure, that's great. Sure. I'm I mean about it, New Warriors. It's been a we- it's been a weird book. Um New Warriors, man. Um it could be great, but it hasn't really happened yet. I had high hum- uh high I was going to say high humanity because I'm reading the description. I had high hopes, and it for 399 didn't exactly live up to it. Again, I think this is a great 299 book. I don't think it's a great 399 book. Uh, I agree. For Captain Marvel, kind of the same thing. That's a book that needs to be 299 mm-hmm. uh, to get more people to kind of give it a shot. It's been an interesting book sometimes, but not consistently. Yeah. Um, moving on, we got She Hulk number nine. 
I love that it's Jennifer Walters versus Matt Murdock. I'm glad that Javier Pulido is back because whoever's doing the art in that book right now, it's downright ugly. Yeah. It's disgustingly yeah. ugly. Like, I love the first few issues. I don't think I've read this issue or the last one, but the art has just taken a giant turn for the worse with this uh, fill-in. I'm glad that Pulido's back, especially because Walters versus Murdock sounds awesome. Well, and I don't even, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't even care if it's continuity or not. Walters versus Murdoch is just so obvious. Why Why isn't it done already? Exactly. Well, like, we kind of get them, we never really get them against each other. We always just kind of see them kind of helping each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all new Ghost Rider continues with uh, Ghost Rider versus Ghost Rider, so I'm excited to see what that's like. It. It seems like the obvious choice. I'm glad they got to it and didn't kind of beat around the bush for the first 20 issues, but maybe that means they kind of thought they had to get to it. Like, well, we've got to bring in the other Ghost Rider to kind of tie this all back in. So Probably. Uh, I don't know. We've got uh, Savage Hulk. I don't know who these writers... I know who one of the writers is. Um, I didn't. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'd probably give this a pass. I'm really enjoying the current arc, but that's because it's Alan Davis. I appreciate the Savage lines, the Savage Wolverine and the Savage Hulk. I like the fact they exist so you can tell these out-of-continuity kind of tales, but Hulk, a, a, an out-of-continuity Hulk doesn't really do a whole lot for me individually. So No, although one thing I liked about the current one is that it's it's very firmly like in the past. You can kind of point to exactly an adventure that it's part of. Sure. That's cool because it, it feels like it's an untold tale of Hulk. Well, I'm going to let you speed through these next few because we're getting to the bottom and we're getting especially to the Ultimate Universe and I shy away from that pretty much entirely. So, All right, so we've got two issues of Miracle Man, Miles Morales, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, all new Ultimates. Uh, we have, um, I guess, Fantastic Four already ended in uh, September. we got the Marvel Universe, Ultimate Spider-Man, Marvel Universe, Avengers Assemble, Figment. I still don't even know really who Figment is, but I guess someone yeah. likes Disney characters. <laughs> Uh, we've got Stephen King's The Dark Tower, The Drawing of Three, The Prisoner Number Three. That's a long title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with both a dash and a colon. <laughs> they didn't shy away from it on that one. No. like that, the, They had to put punctuation in there. we got George Romero's Empire of the Dead, Act 2, Number 2, which seems like a lot of unnecessary numbering. Um, we have All New X-Men, Number 33, with uh, guest starring Miles Morales. Because it's going to be an alternate universe kind of fun story. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it seems like a fun fun little crossover, yeah. Uh, then we got Uncanny X-Men. Um, I don't really know what it's supposed to be about, just that it's Cyclops and something. <laughs> well, and I, maybe they're finally going to address what happened to their other powers with the Phoenix Force stuff. Uh, it seems like what, what they're hinting at there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, don't you feel like they should have done something by now? Like this, a this long is, time ago. This is the 27th issue? Like, holy shit, you should have done this a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cyclops number six. Um, I'm I enjoyed the first two issues, but I don't. I can't imagine that this is going to make it far past issue six. I want him with the team. I don't I, want him with his dad. I want him with the team because that's more interesting. Again, I think this should have could have been like an eight issue thing. Just go out for an adventure and come back and rejoin the team. I, I don't know where this goes for an ongoing book. Yeah. Uh, then we have X Force. Hype don't care at all sorry if someone does two issues of it though so there's a lot of issues i don't care about um then we've got uh, wolverine the x-men 10 and 11 one of them is a five dollar book one of them is four dollars and either way wolverine's dead yeah no uh, it's the last will and testament of wolverine didn't we just have the last will and testament of charles xavier xavier yep it's like holy shit that's a lot of wills being read now it's interesting they waited so long to do Xavier's will because they have to wait because he might come back. But Wolverine, a guy whose whole shtick is healing, they're Instant. doing his will right away. Yep, yep, yep. 
Uh, Deadpool, another miniseries. This one, Peter David. Interesting choice there. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes me interested in giving it a shot. Even that doesn't sell it for me. Well, I didn't say I'm going to read it. I'm saying that it makes me at least more intrigued. I got you. Agreed. Uh, we got X-Men by Mark Guggenheim. I'm excited to see what this is like. This is the book to me that fell apart about six, seven issues ago and could have, should have been so much more and it just never really went anywhere. You don't like the whole future story? Or the the future? Yeah, no, not my, not my, not my deal. It, no. it kind of soured and flattened out for me. Uh, Amazing X-Men. We have Kyle and Yost writing with Barbarian Artwork. It's the end of World War Wendigo. I'm loving this book, so I'm totally in for this. I haven't picked this one up, but I'm intrigued by it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's, it really is. It's a good book. Uh, then we have Storm Number Four, which actually, as of as of right now, hasn't even started yet. Right. So it's somehow by October will already be on issue four. So it's double shipping at least one month. But judging by that cover, she's super sad. Wolverine's dead. Yep. <laughs> That's now all having a Storm and Yukio story could be fun though. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fun. Uh, then we have a bunch of I guess icon stuff. United States of Murder Number Six. Um, sorry, United States of Murder, Inc., my bad. Uh, Painkiller Jane, The 22 Brides, Men of Wrath, Jason Aaron and Ron Gurney, that's an interesting team. Now, I'm really quickly, because I know we're, we're over time already, uh, about collections. Uh, this is a big deal to a lot of people. The Star Wars, the original Marvel Years Omnibus hardcover, mm-hmm. that's a big book. It's a huge book. I mean, it's actually, hold on, I guess it's not a big book. I thought it was, it has 44 issues in it, so I thought that was going to be huge, but it's only 880 pages, which I know it sounds like a lot, but on the buys can go up to 1,200. Um, but that's, that's for people who love the original Star Wars tie-ins from Marvel, this is the Holy Grail. All in one place. That's kind of amazing. Although you, you'll never be able to read it, because it'll be so freaking heavy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have the original Sin hardcover coming out, a uh, bunch of hardcovers, nothing of particular note that I wanted to take mention of. Um, we have, again, the Epic Collections. I've been talking about these in the last few months. We have the first volumes for a few characters. Now, it's interesting. They're starting the uh, Silver Surfer gets his own Epic Collection, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, too, because, like, th- what issues it has of the Fantastic Four run is is kind of weird. Like, it's going to have issue 49 of Fantastic Four, not issues 48 and 50, but it will contain material from those issues. Like, that seems like an odd choice really spliced together yeah like i get why that he's maybe not in them a lot so they don't want to waste page count but it just seems kind of oddly incomplete in some ways but also just right in others because i kind of hate books that do that i'd rather just get the full issue even if it has stuff that doesn't really have a lot to do with it because then i don't feel like i'm i'm missing something yeah yeah it's well that's the collector in us i guess if yeah for sure or you're that character so be it but yeah i like full issues as well uh, we have the the Iron Man Epic Collection, which is uh, first stories from Tales of Suspense, as well as the Avengers Collection with the first 20 issues of Avengers. Uh, we have the Marvel 100th Anniversary Trade Paperback. I can't imagine picking this up. I read one or two of them, and I did not like them. If somebody let me borrow this, I would read it, and this is the only way I'd probably read these 100th Anniversary issues, is kind of in one lump sum, because I know a few of them do kind of dovetail into the next, so... I might read it if somebody handed it to me, but I'm probably not picking it up for 17 bucks. Now, this is something that bothers me. We have Original Sin, Hulk vs. Iron Man, which is Original Sin 3.1 to 3.4. That price is ridiculous. If you buy these issues on their own, it's going to cost you $16. If you buy the trade, it's going to be a dollar more. Same case for the uh, thing above it, though. Oh, is it really? Yeah, you're right. 112 pages, 17 bucks. That's ridiculous. But then you have Original Sin, Thor, and Loki, and that seems like a 
well, hold on. How does that even work? Five issues of Original Sin is 112 pages, but four issues of Original Sin is... 12 pages. How do... What? <laughs> I don't know. Unless they, uh... And this is supposed to be 3.5 on the Iron Man Hulk one. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I'd be less offended by the price then if it's actually like an extra issue. And it, it, actually, it must be. Well, and what's funny to me is Fantastic Four right below it, 112 pages, fifteen ninety nine. You get a dollar off Fantastic Four. Yeah, and that definitely that's five issues again. So, I mean, the one, the Hulk versus Iron Man is the worst deal. Yeah. <laughs> Although not really, because, it, again, it's all the same page count. It's so weird. Unless those issues are just bigger. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then we have uh, Iron Fist, the Living Weapon. Now that's what a trade paperback should be. Six issues. It's four dollars each at retail, so that's twenty-four. At least this is an eighteen-dollar uh, uh, book. That's not so bad. Yeah. But but for a dollar less, again, only five issues of Electra. I'm gonna skip down a little bit. I've got about seventeen minutes left on my battery here. But uh, the things that draw my attention are uh, that Realm of Kings. And the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy by Abnett Landing Complete Collection Volume 2 coming out. I know that Guardians of the Galaxy is going to fly off the shelf with uh, the movie and just those being in short supply already. I'm surprised they're doing the Realm of Kings because uh, they, they actually War of Kings just came out, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new reprinting, and now they're doing this. It's just, it's just surprising that they're going back to that well. I like that they are and getting it back into print. It's weird that they're not reprinting any of the, of the Nova stuff, though. You agreed. And maybe it's just coming down the pipeline. I don't know. I, I can only hope it is. I'm so in for that. Like, I, I will I will snap that up. I'm also surprised they're not putting out, like, more kind of complete collections of um, of Annihilation just to get it back in circulation. Just to put it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are hard singles and hard traits to find all, all day long. I mean, they just put out an, um, an omnibus for Annihilation, so maybe Annihilation Conquest is down the line. But I'm definitely going to be up for those. Uh, I'm surprised... Um, well, hold on. I'm really excited about Silver Surfer because I love that book, so I wanted in trade as well. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they're doing these Runaways Complete collections. Seems like an odd time. Yeah, nothing. Nothing else is really correlating with them. No unless, movies, no, unless there's else. a movie that we don't know about. Like they've been working on a movie forever. I think they should just do it as an animated movie. I think that would be great. I mean, Big Hero Six is going to be an animated movie, and it's interesting that that looks like a lot of fun, and yet there's like no Marvel co-branding. It's well, just pure again, Disney. Maybe kids going and killing their parents is also a little little harsh for an animated. I don't know. Uh, fighting their parents, not necessarily killing them. Well, yeah, in some cases. I don't know. I think it, it could... It, maybe not animated for kids, but, like, well, like a teen crowd that usually they're, they don't get animated movies for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, have you seen the um, Big Hero 6 trailers? I have not yet. No, I haven't really searched it out too much. Honestly, it looks like a lot of fun, and I found it, it, was, it was amazing to me, because I knew that Big Hero 6 was a team with Sunfire and what uh, Silver Samurai at some point, and right. I guess when they had their own book at one point and have most of the characters that are in the movie, I didn't realize that that book was by Chris Claremont, of all people. Yeah, I didn't either. And, that, and now that's a big screen adaptation, and it honestly looks like a lot of fun, and it has like a lot of humor in the in the trailers, and I'm like... Like, if you didn't tell me this was a Marvel comic, I would have no idea. Hmm. They don't celebrate it. They don't say this is from Marvel. They, there's no Marvel logo. It's just pure DC. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, uh, Disney. Of, uh, I haven't seen any really promotion for it, no, at all, outside of searching for it. Uh, then there's Deadpool Classic. I cannot believe, of all the classic lines that have died, they still are publishing the Deadpool one, and it's at volume 10. It'll sell. You know it will. That's why they keep making it. 
I'm just surprised that it does sell. Like it's, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point. I just don't see the, this amazing, crazy allure for Deadpool. Somebody's got it, and they keep buying everything, so they'll keep making it. So I guess that's everything. That's just about it. Any, uh, any final thoughts here? Uh, besides us going 20 minutes longer than I expected, um, no. <laughs> hey, 20 minutes for us is not too bad. No, this is true. I'm extremely, you know, uh, I usually go way over, so that's not so bad. Um, to do. I think we were about an hour over on the first one, so. So we're doing better. Doing better. Getting there. It looks like a good month, generally. All in all, I'd say so. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of crossover on Marvel's side, and, uh, smaller crossovers, and a lot of weekly issues on DC's side, so. Although, you know, the more I look at it, the more I realize that I think as much as there are a bunch of Axis crossovers, um, there could have been a lot more. That's true. And I think it's because Hickman's doing his own thing in Avengers, you're kind of taking, you know, the two issues of Avengers and New Avengers off the table, because those generally would have been crossover issues. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted. The dogs next door to us are fighting, and it was rather distracting all of a sudden, but... I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think in some ways I, I, I think that there's actually a lot less crossovers than there could have been. Because, um, yeah, I, in fact, I don't, I don't think there was an Iron Man book solicited this month at all. Well, and I guess, uh, like, the Carnage and Hobgoblin minis kind of take up a lot of the crossover, too. They're, they're making their own crossover within this event to some degree. Yeah, and I like that those are, as we said, those are very optional feeling, you know, yes. crossovers. Like, you don't really need to read anything about Hobgoblin. No, no, unless you just want to. Which I do. Case. Yep. <laughs> I'm totally in. I love that character. Yep, yep. We'll see how it goes. I'm hopeful for it. I mean, I would love, like, a Hobgoblin ongoing series. I mean, or just more, or a miniseries with the character. Like, him as a protagonist, I think I, I would be so on board for. You gotta buy all the issues of this and give them to your friends then, Adam. Support the Hobgoblin cause. Absolutely. I'll buy one and then I'll, maybe I'll buy some for my friends as gifts. That'd be a great Halloween gift here. Hand him a Hobgoblin in October. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't $4, I probably would. I mean, that's why back in the day, I remember I bought like 40 copies of the $0.09 cent, uh, Fantastic Four issue, because I was like, I'm going to give this out to all my friends. And then yep. I pretty much gave it out to no one, because no one wanted it. <laughs> like, I remember I went to, like, I think it was actually, I went to university, and I was like, I got all these comics, and I could totally give them to people. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't need comics. I'm like, it was $0.09. Cents. Come on, people. Come on, take the free stuff. Yeah, it's like, I'm giving it to you for free, and they're like, I don't know. It looked kind of cartoony. I'm like, it's Mike Waringo. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess that's it. That'll do it. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us uh, for the episode. Um, if uh, fans of the show want to get in touch with us, they can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also you can post in our HC Realm thread as well. Uh, let us know what you'd like to see in future episodes. I think for the next maybe eight or nine episodes, we kind of know what we're doing because there's a lot of movies coming out, um, so we're pretty much set with what we're going to be seeing, but um, definitely let us know what you'd like to see in the future. We're uh, counting down. We're getting closer and closer to episode uh, 200, so if you want to let us know what you, you think we maybe we should do for episode 200 or a theme that we can talk about, definitely let us know, and we'll try and incorporate it into the, that into the episode. Also, we have the uh, two-year anniversary episode coming up soon as well, so stay tuned for those as well. But uh, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.